Welcome to the Sergio De La Mora Leadership Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast once again. Abe Camacho here. And first of all, I just want to thank everyone for the support. Last week, we launched our very, very first podcast. And we've been receiving your emails, your tweets, your, your DMs on social media. And we want to thank you for being part of this community of leadership and for going on this journey with us. We're excited to come back with our sophomore podcast. So this is the real deal. We're going for it. And we're going to be having an incredible conversation with Pastor Sergio. I'm here with Pastor. Pastor, can you say hello to everybody? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whatever time you are hearing this podcast. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So it's Monday. It is It is the the perfect time to be listening to this, to get your week off started the right way, inspired, fired up. And today we're talking about something that I believe is a hot topic. And it's also very, very important for leaders to understand in this season of transition that not just the church is going to, but the world is going to. And it is uh, addressing the topic of millennials. Millennials, that is such a hot topic. Everybody wants to talk about it. And it seems like everyone has their own strong opinion about it. Everyone who speaks on millennials, they they, they, they don't just guess at it. They don't just talk in a way that is... Uh, how would you say relax when they talk about millennials they're either for millennials or they criticize millennials everyone just has an opinion about millennials which which comes to tell me that it is a very misunderstood and untapped generation i believe that i mean even myself as a millennial and i can speak for my peers and you know we my wife and i we got the honor to serve as youth pastors for a few years that these young people have so much potential they have so much to bring uh, what they've been exposed to on social media, and we like to also capitalize on what the media is saying, that they're exposed to so much violence. But at the same time, there's they have so much exposure to so much positivity. The access they have to information, inspiration. I mean, they want to listen to any speaker, to any communicator. It's at the access of their fingertips. So this is a generation that is ready right now to uh, make a, a, an impact in this world and to change the trajectory of culture for the better i believe and pastor sergio i get to travel with you we just got back from an incredible tour in south america in colombia in guatemala and some incredible churches with amazing world-class leaders and it was funny to me and i was sharing with my wife that you're i'm going with you as someone who represents the next generation of your church and and it seems like you're speaking at way more youth conferences than I am, and I'm not even bitter about it. Okay, if it sounds bitter, that's 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 not me. Uh, but 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 you're you're still being asked to come and speak to leaders, to youth pastors, to youth directors, youth leaders, and at youth conferences. And, and I mean, the way you carry yourself, the way you dress, the way you you're so active on social media, you're so active with the young generation of our church. It's clear that it is because God has placed you there because there's something to be said or something that you have uh, for millennials. If that's what we're talking about today, the topic of today is growing the millennial heart. So here's the, here's the question, and we're going to jump right into it. If you were standing before a group of millennials, let's just say a hundred millennial leaders who they've been empowered and entrusted to go out and lead the next generation of millennials, what would be a few thoughts that you would share with them that you think are uh, are funda uh, foundational that would bring them to a place uh, where they can go out and be inspired to lead. What would you tell millennial leaders 
right now from your experience and that you can direct them um, to go out and be the best leaders that they're called to be? What would you say to these millennials? Whoa, huge question, but I'm ready to go into it. Let's go. I really believe every pastor in his arsenal must have the millennial wrench worked. Like every carpenter has certain tools in their toolbox. Some tools are used more than others, right? However, in the toolbox of the pastor, the millennial wrench has to be a, a wrench. The crescent wrench is the wrench that can grow and shrink according to the need. That is the wrench that I call is the millennial wrench. <laughs> It's not a wrench that has one size. It's a wrench that can expand and contract. But I believe that the pastor must use that wrench. It has to be well used because if a pastor is going to be effective today, he has to reach both the now and the next generation. Wow. And it's it's difficult because, you know, most professionals, Abe, if they're going to continue in their profession, have to go through some form of recertification. Think of a doctor to practice new medicine. Like, you know, he has to go through recertification, understand what the new medicines are, new practices. A lawyer has to get recertified at some level to know what the new laws are. The, 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 the challenge often in ministry is that you could be a pastor, but as the church progresses, culture changes, times change, no one is oftentimes telling us, hey, you got to upgrade your skill set. Well, they are, but whether or not if they're sitting in our seats or not, right? They're voting one way or the other. But the challenge is to understand millennials so that you could stay effective. And every pastor, any pastor over the age of 40 has a challenge. He's either going to learn to honor the past, stay loyal to the future, or he's going to dwell in the wilderness of bewilderment because what used to work isn't working. So with the millennials, this is what I would say if I was standing and speaking in front of millennials. Number one is that the future is ahead of you, so you have to know who you are right now. The world at one point had would wait for people to discover themselves. But because of social media and because of the world that we live in now, you don't, the window to know who you are and know what you're good at has shortened. Mm. So as a millennial, you know, before you can try five, six, seven different things and see where it lands. And, you know, it might work for you then because uh, access to people, well, it, it wasn't like today. For instance, at one time you would send in your resume. Nobody believes resumes anymore. I'm sure they do, but nobody cares about resumes. The truth is, as a millennial, you really have to know who you are quickly so that the future can be your friend and not your foe. Mm. The worst thing about being a millennial is that you're trying everything out, trying to figure yourself out while the years are ticking. And what's happening in business is that even business owners are savvy now. They're thinking, okay, we understand that we have to deal with the millennial workforce, but even business owners now are savvy and hip to millennials, where before they just, they didn't know what to do with the millennial that says, I know we start at nine, but I kind of feel like 930 best fits for me. So there was a, there was a while where every business owner at some point was making adjustments. 
what's happened is business owners have caught on. So what they're looking for is millennials who are now secure in who they are in this moment. They may change later, but they know who they are right now. So a question a lot of business owners are asking is this, are you the one, are you the guy for me? Are you the girl for me? I'm sure you have dreams, visions, and that's great, but right now I need to know, are you the person for me? Where before the question wasn't so direct, it was more like, do you see yourself growing into this role? Because owners and business owners were trying to leverage the youth of the millennial to hope with the hopes that they would keep them a long time in their companies. Hello, business owners are awakened now. They realize any millennial I hire is probably going to be between two and maybe five years. So business owners are sharper. So I want to tell, what would I say to millennials? Number one, know who you are quickly so that the future becomes your friend and not your foe. Second thing that I would say to millennials is this, is just because you're unhappy doesn't mean the rest of the world is unhappy. Wow. It is so easy <laughs> to turn on the television and become unhappy with United States of America, unhappy with your culture, unhappy with society at large. But the truth is, just because you're unhappy doesn't mean that the rest of the world cares. I know that's difficult, but we've got to learn to become, I would say to a millennial, millennial, learn to see the best in the worst because it is so easy to approach society and be unhappy and then impose that on the rest of the world when the rest of the world is saying, we're happy. You may not be happy, but we're happy. And that challenges the millennial because the millennial holds that key role in which they can leverage their youth, leverage their young opinion with the hopes that it gives weight and validity in the room. But the truth is now, that whole thought of, you know, people don't, people don't understand people, people aren't connecting with people. No, the truth is people are connected. People do understand. So get over yourself. Yeah. Now people are looking for millennials to not just be young, but this is the third thing I'll share. If you're a millennial, be young, but also be smart. Yep. Be smart. Know your craft. Know what you're good at. Stay away of what you're not good at. We appreciate that you're young. You're vibrant. You've got full, you're full of energy. But are you smart? Do you know your craft? Do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Do you know your job? Do you know your skill set? Do you know what your skills are? Do you know what they could be used for? Are you good at it? Do you study? Do you understand what you're doing? Because in most people in their industries, and I know that we're church leaders, but I want to say this in a broad context, is that just because you're young doesn't mean you're the answer. If you're young and you're smart, you're the answer. Mm. The truth is, is that being young is cool, but remember this, if you're not smart at what you are, you're going to be passed up. And I think that's important because sometimes we can leverage, excessively leverage our age, um, the fact that you are next to the point where you're just going to assume that people are going to give you chances. The truth is, remember this, business owners are smart now. They know that there are millennials out there that are saying, okay, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. I know what I'm going to focus on. And they walk into a room and they say, I'm not the jack of all trades. I'm really good at this. And business owners are saying, I like that. So millennials, I'm, I'm hope this is helping you. The other thing I want to share with millennials is this. Millennials, I know you want to lead, 
but enjoy following before you lead. Mm. And why is that important? Because when you lead, it is very quiet when you're in front. The noise of being a follower allows you to filter through the experiences of other people. Most people think, well, if I could just be the leader. Oh, if I could just be the leader. Oh, the day that I become the leader. Um, there's a guy in our church who won't say his name just to protect the privacy <laughs> of the innocent and the partial guilty. Come on, somebody. Uh, this one person said, you know, pastor, I'm following you know, I'm, I've got to follow this leader. This leader, you know, doesn't show excellence. This leader doesn't show responsibility. This leader doesn't follow through and doesn't relate. And I said, you know, just wait, just wait, just wait. Well, guess what? That leader is gone. And this new leader who is longing for the day to lead is leading. The other day I had a conversation. I said, how's it going leading? Wow, it's so difficult when you're the leader because it's like you have to come up with everything. And I told them, do you see what I was telling you that when you criticize the leader, it's easy because it's very quiet when you're the leader because you have to create the noise. You have to create the momentum. You have to come up with the genius ideas and people live within your wind drift. The drift that you create is the drift that people live their life in. When you're the follower, you have an advantage. You can watch the mistakes of leaders and then put note to self, don't do this, don't do that. And you can also look at their good decisions and say, I will be doing that, I will repeat that. So millennials, don't be so quick to lead. First be amazing at following. Now I wanna share one more thing and then Abe, I'll cut you loose. The, the other thing I would love to share with every millennial is this, is know who you're going to marry will determine your happily married after. Do not underestimate who you marry. Why do I say that? Is because social media has allowed us to have access into everyone's lives and we're only seeing the parts of people's lives that they want us to see. When you begin to date, when you begin to reach out in relationship, just remember this, marry well, because your future will always depend on who you marry. You might think, well, you know, I, I, I just figure it out when I get there. The truth is this, if you're going to marry well, what's the best advice you can give a millennial? Know yourself well. The best way to choose a mate is to know yourself well. Instead of thinking, well, I just gotta get to know her. I just gotta get to know him. Stop, stop. First, learn who you are. Get to know who you are. Make sure that you know what your skill sets are, what you're bringing to the table, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. Because the better that you know yourself, the easier it will find, easier it will be to find your future spouse. Well, first of all, I was just, I wasn't even chiming in because I'm taking so many notes right now. This is going to bless my Twitter feed. <laughs> Everything you said, I'm just going to tweet it and, and, and just take credit for it. But I want to start with number one because I believe that was the foundation. And let me just remind everyone what you said. You said the future is ahead of you, so you have to know who you are right now. And you're talking about something that is that is so significant and something that's been on the tip of everyone's tongues. Every blogger's talking about it. Every YouTuber's talking about it right now. Every author is trying to write about it. And it is the the, the subject of self-awareness. Self-awareness is so important, so intricate in the development of a millennial in order for them to become who they're supposed to be. They have to figure out who that is. Now, I want to share with everyone a little bit about my experience being here at Cornerstone 
with you, Pastor Sergio, uh, I've gotten the privilege and the advantage to know who I am by finding mentorship in you. Now, that is something that not everybody uh, has in their life or appreciates or, or, or thinks it's needed in their lives. But I have been able to step into your world. You've opened up the doors where I get to travel with you. I get to meet people that are beyond me, that are leading incredible companies, incredible churches, incredible movements. And, and what I learned is that the fear of millennials to uh, be under leadership is that they're afraid of losing their identity. But what I've learned um, about being a millennial under um, authority and leadership is that the leadership Uh, does not define you, but refines you. Mm. And I'm sorry that that rhymes for everybody who doesn't like it out there, but I got the privilege to step into an organization where my leader said, hey, follow me, learn from my mistakes, learn from my experience. Now, that is something that sometimes is rare because for a leader to do that, it takes a certain type of security. There is security that is needed as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a pastor to allow millennial to, to be in conversations, to be in meetings <laughs> behind closed doors and to say, come and learn from my experience so that you can get there faster. So uh, I want to I want to ask you almost like a two-folded question. Uh, what does a millennial need to look for in a leader that is when is looking for mentorship? And what does a leader, a business owner, a pastor need to be looking for in millennials so that they can bring value to them and not only advance their own uh, business or venture forward, but also uh, impact and accelerate the next generation? So what should millennials be looking for and what type of security or traits in the millennial should the leader be looking for to establish that bridge? And as we say it, Uh, very brilliantly that you shared with us as a core value of our church, honor the past while remaining ferociously loyal to the future. So what should we be looking for in this transaction? What a, well, let me first start with the millennial because I want to start with their need is to find the right mentor. Mm. And it's difficult because um, if you're going to find the right mentor, these are, these are some, these are some things that I would ask you to really seriously consider. Number one, a healthy mentor has a healthy family. Mm. Just know that. Um, if you're going to be mentored by someone, you have to look at their family. Because why? There's a kid law. And this is kid law. Kids don't follow their parents if their parents are jerks. Yeah. It's kid law. It's you. You can. You can't win your kids with money. You can't. You can say, well, you know what? If you don't uh, follow me, I'm not going to give you money. Kids are like, so what? I'll go work at McDonald's. You can't tell your kid, well, I'm your parent and I know you're the age, you can make your own decision, but you're supposed to follow me. And kids are like, well, I'm not going to follow you if you're not consistent. And so I would say to a millennial, find a mentor whose family you can respect. And I'll tell you why is because that will tell you if they have enough experience in helping their own children in transition. Number two, I would look for a leader who is secure in who they are, but is unsatisfied with their present situation. Wow. See, when you find a leader who is satisfied with who he is, but not satisfied in his present situation or condition, then you're going to find a leader 
who isn't sitting in a rocking chair going back and forth, but they're sitting in an airplane chair going somewhere. Mm. Big difference. If you find a mentor that's sitting only in a rocking chair, there's movement, but they're not going anywhere. And the problem with that is that oftentimes they're going to talk to you about what they did, but they're not talking about what they're doing. So I'd like to say find a mentor who not only is someone who has a great family, but someone who is secure in who they are. So what does that mean? That means they're not threatened by your ideas. They're not threatened by your gift. They're not threatened by your success. Because oftentimes um, when you get around a, a mentor who's threatened by you, this is how you know, is that they they don't know how to celebrate you when you have a win. And they oftentimes first start talking about what you did wrong instead of what you did right. Whenever you're around a mentor who can't celebrate your wins, just know this, that might not be the long-term mentor for you. If a mentor that you're looking at, you know, doesn't come from a healthy family, then they can only treat you the way they've raised their family. The and the other thing I talked about is find a mentor that is not in a rocking chair, but is in an airplane seat, uh, preferably first class. Come on, somebody. If not, but it's okay. <laughs> the idea is a, a leader that is in movement is that, yeah, you know, they're secure, but they're not settled. They're not satisfied. They're frustrated where they are. So they're still moving themselves. And we know why that's important because you know that if you follow that mentor, that mentor is always going to want to be in front of you. That's the key. They're always going to want to be in front because the truth is a mentor is only as effective as their voice mm. and their experience. And so the, the health of a mentor is that if, if, if I'm going to be your mentor, Abe, then it's something I've always told you, right? I'm always going to be ahead of you, Abe. Right. I'm going to be on my deathbed telling you, Abe, you need to do these five things after I die. <laughs> because why? Because I have, I always tell my son-in-laws this. I always, and I remember I told TJ one day, TJ, I don't care if you're younger than I am. I'm always going to strive to be ahead of you guys. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that I don't want you guys to pass me up. Of course I do. But the truth is where you will pass me up may not be in the same place where I'm ahead of you. See, you may be ahead of me in an area where I never have gone before. And I want that. Mm. But the truth is, as long as I'm moving forward, then my ideas are fresh. My thoughts are fresh. My ambition is fresh. The last thing that I will say to a millennial, if you're looking for a mentor, is look for a listener. Mm. Look for a listener. If you're going to be mentored by the right person, they have to be willing to listen to you before they speak to you. One of the, I guess, I don't know, the ironies of being up in age and being a mentor and having some amount of experience is that you think you always know. But the danger of that is that unless you understand someone's context, you won't be able to minister to them correctly. So I would say, find a mentor that'll actually listen you listen to you and hear you out before they give you your opinions. I hope that's helped. That That definitely helps. I love it. And it speaks, like you said, in the listener portion, um, that, that speaks to the now leaders, to the now generation, the people that are at the front, that are hopefully on that first class seat somewhere into their future, into their dreams, into the next, on their companies, on their churches. But you spoke into something that is key, that is the recertification. 
that yes and, and it speaks to the truth that one of the most dangerous places to stop is at a miracle or something that you've worked towards you've prayed god has brought you into this great success there's financial success there's uh, uh numerical success there's momentum in your company in your business in your church and and leaders run the risk to camp at that miracle camp at success because success has this really great funny dangerous thing to validate your motives but to kill your motivation yes you arrive and you're like see i was right it was worth it you're rhyming again I'm, I apologize, motive motivation <laughs> oh my goodness you're a rapper Abe. Oh, guy, I, come out I, i'm reconsidering my calling i feel like i need a rap so so it you know it validates the motive but sometimes it just kills the motivation it, it, and the truth is that there's always more there's always a next there's always a new dream how can someone requalify and it might be answering the question how does a leader learn to dream a new dream you know what? The most difficult place in my life, Abe, was when I told my wife, I think all my dreams came true. Wow. And I know that that's an inflated statement, but it's an honest statement. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't come from a background of family where big things were always around me. But in the ministry, God has given us the grace and the privilege to experience so much so quickly that I remember telling my wife, honey, she goes, what's wrong with you? I said, it's, I have to dream a new dream. I have to dream a new dream. Yeah. And you know the difficult thing about that? And this is important for millennials to hear this and also for leaders who are requalifying. You have to be willing to say, God, talk to me again about what I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Because you could get so satisfied on what you've seen and you begin to become intimidated by what hasn't been seen in your life. Mm. And the truth is no one really knows if you've stopped dreaming until they realize you've stopped dreaming. And the truth is, is that you know if you've stopped dreaming because you stopped looking ahead. The key, I think, is to maintaining your motivation after the miracle is to remind yourself of your why. Why did God call me? Why am I in this business? Why am I a pastor? Why am I a leader? You know, your why is where you're going to find your motivation. And I really believe what's helped me in the past is I've said, okay, Sergio, you've filled up the church four times. You've started new campuses. You've gone around the world to preach. Now, Sergio, what's next? It's very easy. It isn't what's next is God put a new vision in me on why you originally called me. Because what happens is when you rediscover your call again, then God gives you new ideas again. Mm. It's about rediscovering your why. Why am I a leader? Why am I a business owner? Why do I love this product that I sell? Why do I love being a pastor? Why do I love winning, turning the hearts of youth and families? See, as I've rediscovered my why, Abe, that's what's given me the inertia and the energy to come up with new ideas, new solutions, and push the boundary out further. Because it wasn't that I recaptured a new a person that I wanted to outdo or a new nemesis necessarily or a new person that I wanted to impress or, you know, what I recaptured was the real reason why I'm doing this. And the beautiful thing about it is you don't just recapture the new motivation. You also recapture a new heart, mm. a 
pure heart on why you do what you do. That's why I want to encourage every pastor, requalify. How do I do that? Go back and be a listener. Go back and be the one in the seat instead of the one on the stage. Go back and be the one that sits in the back of the room, not the one that always gets the access to the green room. Be the one that's willing to drive up and park your car with the rest of the people and walk up through the front door and not get the privileged VIP parking in the back. Because why? Because sometimes you've got to go back to the environments that you used to be in to recapture your why. And when you do that, it's humbling. I'm going to tell you something. It's humbling. But the joy of it is that you get to see with new eyes. That's good. And it is true that when you discover or rediscover the why that is within you, you'll be able to conquer every what that comes against mm. you. And it's, and it's that journey. Hey, you're doing it again. I you love know, it. Guys, strike three. What is against you? It's coming. Like, oh, my strike goodness. Three. That on. means I'm out. <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. It, it never ends. There's no professional Christians, no professional leaders. There's always the next. There's always the next level. And and you know we've we've reached our time. But I want to remind everyone about the five points that Pastor Sergio gave us today. And, and, and number one, the future is ahead of you, so you have to know who you are right now. Number two, just because you're unhappy doesn't mean the rest of the world is unhappy. Number three, be young, but be smart and know your craft. Number four, we know that you want to lead, but enjoy following before you lead. And number five, who you are going to marry matters. There is hope, single people. There is Come hope on. out there. There is hope. And, you know, before we wrap it up, Pastor Sergio, any last words of encouragement to our millennial listeners out there? Yeah, you know what, millennials? Stay hungry. Stay hungry. Go beyond the boundaries Break the rules, you know, be the paradox in the room. Be the one that can't be contained or caged. You know, break through the chain, break through the wall. Uh, the world really needs you to be the maverick right now. So be it. The world needs you. You heard it here at the Surge of the Lamar Leadership Podcast. And again, we want to thank you for tuning in again. And every Monday, you can expect us to be here with new content, new insight to inspire you to be the leader that you are are called to be and again if this has blessed you you've been benefit from this uh, from this uh, podcast we want to encourage you to share it on social media that would help us a lot you can rate it write a review we want to thank everyone that's done it so far and if you want to connect with us please visit us at sergiodelamora.com there you can find our social media our twitter our instagram our facebook we would love to connect with you we love you so much for listening we will see you next monday Thank you for listening to the Sergio De La Mora Leadership Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and share with a friend. To learn more and connect with us, visit SergioDelamora.com.